so here we are, here we go. It is episode 33 of the End Parlour Podcast. I'm Quinny and joined as ever by my mean man Stashy Boy. Stash, good to see you. How are you? Good to be back, mate. Always a pleasure, never a chore. How and you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm just about getting into that festive period. You know, it's the uh, 21st of December and like, it's been like the calendars just fell away. It's like Christmas is, my kid said to me today, he's obviously wrong, right? But he said to me, in, uh, in two sleeps, it's Christmas. And then when I looked at him funny, he's like, well, tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, crap, man, it is. It's, a, it's the 21st by the time anyone's listening to this, it'll be the 22nd or further on. Um, and it just, it does feel like, wow, where, how did this happen? The World Cup kind of took the calendar away from us, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. It felt weird towards the end of it. It was like, all right, World Cup's done. Now what? Oh, Christmas next weekend. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, I've been buzzing around doing all the shopping as, as per usual, proper like standard dad last minute. Um, but I think, I think I've got everything nailed now. I had a full day in the house, uh, with the kids that I had to manage. Um, I've been squeezing in studio, uh, sessions and that to like get bits finished up for next year. And yeah, trying to avoid all of the sort of like communal drink ups that I'm getting invited to. Oh, like come to this drink, come <laughs> to that. Like, I feel like I've just had way too many nights out you know like the football was an excuse to just go out um so once england got knocked out of the world cup it was like yeah i don't know if i've don't know if i've got another i don't know if i've got another excuse up my sleeve to go out boozing all night so uh yeah it's been a mad mad month really it's completely flown by so christmas definitely crept up i get i definitely feel you on that and i think we're all in the kind of festive spirit anyway with uh, all the rewards and all the prizes that were won by it feels like everyone, you know, uh, and I, I did terrible in the Global Cup and I managed to still like collect unlimited or two and like half a dozen national series cards. So it was a competition where everyone was a winner and it does kind of feel that way. But um, this issue, boy, you know about the, the winners of the end product private leagues that we had as well. Yes, yes. I want to send a shout out to uh, Jeroen026, who won the end product league. Uh as we may or may not have announced on the podcast, definitely done it on social media, that we would actually not um, award the overall winner. We were going to award 20th, 25th and 30th because I just had this vision that whoever won our league was probably going to win Nellis's, was probably going to win yours, was going to win everything. So I thought, let's not give the prizes out to the winner. But what I did do was I, I sent Jerome and 026 a couple of limited cards from my um collection nothing nothing to write home about just a nice little a, a little drink to say like big up um and i did invite him on the podcast but he said that his english is not particularly good so he's <laughs> not joining us tonight sadly but um Jeroen, if you are listening um congratulations and i'll get around to sorting out something for those um people who finished in 25th 30th etc um, but yeah, Quinny, yourself, um, you have been very busy sending out rewards, prizes. Uh, do you want to get into uh, how things panned out on your own personal uh, experience on the on the Global Cup? Uh, yeah, so I, I had uh, you know you're, you're quite right. I think Tevin Tevin twenty three uh, creamed up. He won my he won my private league, so he's getting two VIP tickets to Celtic Park. Sadowski or Sidowski is how it's kind of spelled. He won tons of stuff. He finished second in my league. He's getting tickets to see St. Pauli. And uh, yeah, with a bunch of people picking up shirts and cards and all the rest of it. And in the members, I've got, I had a members league in FC, Bar FC Barcelona. That's the name of my so rare team for anyone that doesn't know. 
um, in the FC Barcelona Foundation League. You know, the charitable arm, like every great club, we've got a, a foundation arm, you know. And uh, there was like 60 entrants and I gave out 20 cards. So I thought that was pretty good going. Um, really good, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I had to ship all that. And I just wanted to do all that pronto. See, as soon as the thing was done, I just wanted to go through it real quickly. And, you know, I maybe, you know, just to be straight, I maybe done myself out of some content. You know, I could have probably strung it out for a good bit and uh, whatever. But I, I don't know. It's easy. I didn't even think about it. It was just see as soon as the thing happened. I was like, I just want to get this done and move on yeah. from the Global Cup and the World Cup. So I wasn't even planning on taking it that seriously until they really rolled the red carpet out for the thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be busy in the SoRare office figuring out all of these oh, prizes yeah. they've got to send out and getting in touch with people and... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a minefield of emails and usernames and God knows what else. So, uh, well, on that cool. note, I can say this um, maybe as a, a PSA, a wee public service announcement. But I know from talking to Dan with the the the, the ones that win like shirts and tickets and such, I do need to actually go and gather some personal data for them. So oh, if you're really? wearing someone's private league and they reach out to you requesting, it was like four things: name, email address, phone number, and something else. I forget what the third one was. Um, related to global cup prizes, that would be a related to global cup prizes from a private league that you joined. That would be, uh, you know, that that's all above board. I would, I would imagine, you know, um, just as a wee PSA out there, because I will need, probably need to message some people now and get some details. But yeah, so all all, all good, all glory, and I think also the festive. Because again, a lot of the people I talk to, Stish, um have Celtic cards, and very much at this festive period now, it's only Celtic cards that are playing like right now as we're speaking. And um, I see everyone that can get a full team out is, is right in amongst it uh, this game week. So it feels yeah. like I've got a nice easy win coming my way, which I think I'm long overdue after that World Cup desert uh, that I went through. Um, so yeah, buzzing. And I can't wait to, to, to go through the festive period as a, as a whole now, you know. So we might, we might get some end product live on the end product podcast this week then. That's it. Well, I'm currently sitting top in All-Star Super Rare. Let me just double check that. I'm like three points ahead of Wen Moon, as I believe we're referring to the person as. And, the, and Oh, no, I'm much ahead now. I'm nine points ahead. So I'm probably winning, which is going to be a tier two All-Star Super, which isn't probably going to be that great. But there is some gems in there, you know, because it's the All-Star pool. Um, and it's just going to be under 0.4 Ethereum. Which you know, considering I'm the only team in the mix, basically it's... 0.4 Ethereum is a nice amount of money to win. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, and and the, and the limited division basically as well. I'm, I was I was riding right high. Where am I now? I don't know if I'm riding high anymore. I was like eighth um, in the first half. I don't know if it's changed. And I'm twenty third now. Somebody else in another game maybe scored because that's all star limited. So maybe Coventry. I think they've got a game on or something. Mm. Um, so yeah, just a super rare division. And I've got a few four man teams out. Uh, kind of that might make it quite busy as well. So there's uh, we're at the sixtieth minute of the match and. You guys all know the usual suspects, what cards I'm rolling out. McGregor's killing it on AA again tonight. He's on 58 at the 60th right. minute or so. Yeah, so if he keeps that up, we'll get another monster score out of him. And if he gets another decisive, then brilliant. Um, it'll actually mean something for me this week. You know, it feels like a wee bit of justice um, for, for SC Barcelona in that, in that respect, you know. So uh, I'm looking forward to... And I've done my lineup builders and stuff as well uh, into the weekend um, on the lineup builder. And when we got the announcement last week about the capped mode, of course, we're all kind of going back to the drawing board and stuff. And it feels like now every time I'm building a team or I'm building these lineup builder things, I'm always thinking and trying to check myself for like, right, okay, what is the forward plan here? You know? Yeah. Have you, have you had much of that going on yourself, Stish? Yeah, I've been looking in on SoRare data at those those fixtures on that end of January just to sort of like have a rough idea of what 
is happening around that time. Um, obviously, there's only so much you can do because if I've got players injured who are due to come back, I think like Chani mentioned last week on the podcast about uh, like Florian Verts is going to be a zero, but he is likely to play before that change happens at the end of Jan. So yep. his elf 10 or L15 will definitely not be zero by the time. And I've been following what he's been doing. Um, played against Rangers the other week, came on and had an absolute blinder of a game. Scored again in the week. Um, so I think he's he looks fighting fit and ready to come back and absolutely smash it. So by the time that those February fixtures come around, I expect Verts to have like an L15 of like 68 or something ridiculous probably. Um, so he won't be quite as uh, excited exciting to use in in that in that cap league but yeah I've been looking just to see because I've mentioned I think particularly with my super rares I'm definitely going to have I always have excess super rares that end up just in training um so be be interested to see how that affects like my usage of super rares that first week um and I think a lot of that will boil down to what's in the prize pool because if the prize pool is not great it might be like how likely am I to land in the prize pool with like maybe a like a rare pro entry with my best super rares in it versus putting those really good super rares into a team that will smash through the 240 or the 250 score, but also hopefully land in the cards of that. Yeah. So until that time, I don't think I can be that sure of what I'm going to do. But yeah, I have been interested in just having a little look at what players current sort of like score like averages looks like and what I might be able to put out and I think um yeah it's had me looking I'm still kind of like I'm still scouring the market for another unique possibly a forward America's under 23 so quite specific what I need but also I'm quite tight I don't want to spend loads of money on it so difficult you got to kind of like spot one of those under the radar maybe someone who's going to break into the first team next season not someone who's like proven themselves up to this point so need to do some scouting um before that america season start starts up again um but yeah i think um yeah there's only so much you can do right now i think in that in terms of that but it's been nice just having a mess about in the lineup builders just seeing like, oh, Mexico's back or Argentina's starts up. And it's like knowing that that's not that far away now. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. I've just, I've just jumped onto the unique auctions, just as you're, you're saying that there. And there's a few guys that might be <laughs> fitting that profile uh, that you're going after. Because I think like the secondary market for uniques is, is funny because most of those guys are not in a rush to sell anything ever you know yeah. um so you really need to catch them on the right day when they're motivated to to build a wallet or something you know um and otherwise the other ones that you're uh, i've had a wee bit of joy with um negotiating for the, the was it the dennis suarez or yeah I, I i've had you know so, uh, anyway is like the refer a friend rewards that anyone who breaks the 30 ones and you get them really random accounts sometimes that you've never heard of but they're like a mad twitch streamer that's got like thirty thousand subs and like getting <laughs> 30 refer of friends is not a sweat there's tons of accounts like that you know yeah yeah um that you would just never you know all over the world it's not just france you know but so what one thing i like to do and this is maybe something for anyone out there yourself included stash but is uh is just look at the ones that are in for this season because if you get oh, yeah. somebody that fits your criteria and they've won it through refer a friend it's only going to be a current season unique that they would get that's a good shout, yeah. So, um, 
So when you filter oh, on yeah. unique by current season, oh, and then all I do when I'm really studying these is I'll just change the the thing to newly listed because it's unique, so you don't get that many of them, you know. And then if you check into that twice a day, just and just look at the top three pages of newly listed, like you'll know the market within a couple of days of like. I suppose now that actually listings are on for seven days rather than three, maybe that will take a bit more time. Actually, you maybe need yeah. to check out a few more times or go or something. I don't just, know. Just looking on the new card auctions, there's a couple of well, there's three, there's three um, cards there that I like. I've got they've got Santiago Simon, Bilal Elkanus, who's at Genk, who looks like a real good talent. He's eighteen Belgian, and then a uh, Ferran Jukla, who we all know about, but I think he ages out in. July, June. So I'm not as interested in that one just because. And he might. Does he go back to Barcelona at the end of the season as well? Uh, I'm pretty sure they bought him. I'm pretty sure they paid money. He's good. But, you know, that I'd expect that unique to go for quite a lot of money. Um, El Canus is maybe a little bit more under the radar, but looking at the cost of his rares, I'd expect that to go for like maybe five, six ETH, which is not really. What I'm looking to pay, and it's a rookie, which is lovely. Um, I don't know. I'll probably keep an eye on that one. 20 hours to go. If that sort of falls into that two to three ballpark somehow, then may- maybe I'll go for that. But again, I don't need another midfielder. I've got, I think I need a forward because I've got, um, I've got Levitt as a midfielder. I've got two defenders. So it really needs to be a forward or a goalkeeper to like be sensible about it, especially if I want the potential to use it as a D one. You know, if you want to spend absolutely nothing on it, you'll get a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I think because I need a U twenty three one that it doesn't leave mm-hmm. me many options in terms of ones who are playing yeah. or ones who maybe will play. I think you know, like maybe if you look at like a Toby Lyson or someone like that who's likely to become a number one before they turn. 23 in the next few seasons once like Vandervoort moves on you'd expect Layson to be a number one unless he's moved somewhere else before that right yeah so he might be one but again I don't think he's going to come cheap because I think a lot of people are wise to the fact that he's going to be a number one soon enough if you can be patient so yeah it's tough but I know the it's just you just got to be patient like you said like keep checking the, the secondary market like I picked up that Ayumu Seko for um uh, was it one and a half or something a few weeks back? And I'm really happy with that purchase. I thought that was a bargain personally. Um, you know, he's a regular starter at Grasshoppers. I was watching him in the J-League and he's been in my watch list for ages. So to be able to pick someone like that up that I've had eyes on and I know that they can play. I think it was the same with like Lee Hambom and Levitt. Yeah. I knew about those players because I'd watched them play, not because of like what the stats were telling me, you know? Yeah, yeah. To hopefully pick up another one like that that maybe hasn't quite hit the scores just yet but yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah but um yeah other than that just constantly looking in the market there's definitely some bargains out there at the minute in especially in rares like been surprised how many good cards i've seen for under 100 quid in rare in recent times oh yeah do tell definitely, yeah loads of them you know like all these sort of like uh, what I'll do is I'll scour, I'll scour Twitter for like news of transfers in like Asia and like maybe like the Mexican and Argentinian divisions that maybe aren't as like heavily um, reported on by the sort of like the Western media um, yeah. or the European media in the football sense. 
And then I'll go into so rare and see, and like, you know, like picking up some of those red crosses who are likely to get a move and stuff like that. They're, that's where the bargains are to be had. I've definitely picked a few up in the last few weeks. Um, and some of them have been 20, 30 quid. You know, you don't mind having a little punt at those, just to, even if the move doesn't quite materialize, you haven't lost that much. But if it does, then, you know, you can triple, quadruple your money if, if you wanted to flip it. But if not, they might end up becoming quite a useful card um, once the season starts. If they start, then mm-hmm. it's that that's the game in it. In the trading sense, is like, do you flip before they start playing, just in case they're a bench player or rotation, or or do you hold on to them and then they turn out to be really useful? Like when I look back at when I picked up that Romulo card, who is like currently like the third or fourth highest scoring card on the platform, the last over the last fifteen. I think I picked him up for like 0.1. I picked up two and then I sold one for like 0.15 or something like a 50% um, increase. But you know, that I, I listed that card the other week for an ETH seeing if anyone wanted it. Cause the, the, the big players are the people who like to flip in and out of cards quicker. They've been picking him up of late um, because his scores are so good and he gives that differential that you don't get, you know, he, he plays in the Chinese super league. So, you know, the, unless unless we get a license for that soon, you're not likely to have too many managers to worry about having that card. And the Chinese Super League had a lot of those midweeks during the World Cup. He fell into quite a lot of those game weeks, which was great. I mean, I didn't have a great deal of success, um, but definitely helped me to a card win or two. I think over the course of the World Cup, definitely some ETH was scraped in that um, in that time. So. That, yeah, I, I kind of enjoy doing that and been keeping a little eye on things, keeping an eye on the friendlies, um, trying to figure out if any of my cards that haven't been that useful are going to become useful in January. That's another thing. You had any yeah. any good any good uh, any good transfer news for your gallery yet? Anything you're looking at, keeping an eye on? Uh, the only thing that's happened um, would be Cunha. It sounds like he's all but in now at Wolves, and it's expected that he's, he's got a right shot at playing the first game of the new year. So maybe that's kind of good, but um, but no, nothing else is really kind of knocking around. I don't think transfer wise, I kind of need Dennis Suarez to move, uh, but I don't think uh, I don't think Celtic Vigo will get anyone to pay a fee that they'd accept. So they might need to wait till the summer for him to break his contract, which will be fun. Um, but I kind of hope a guy like that he could go to like MLS or something wacky like that, and it would be incredibly amazing. Like so, anyway, just got to take that off with a smooth on that. But in terms of rares, like I've been kind of knocking about trying to find some pieces. Like at the moment. As I look at my hit list on my whiteboard here for rares, the only two things I've got on like I need to get to fill holes like you're talking about mm. is a non-EU rare keeper with some description. So I've only got Sean Johnson at the moment and Tanny. Um, and a champion Euro forward to kind of supplement Tati, who's only on loan at Girona, and who knows what will mm. really happen in the longer term of that. And uh, other outside of that, I've only got Jordan Larson, who's rotation player at best, uh, mm. Schalke. So um, I need somebody, you know, if I'm going to do a, I've got super rare champ uh, champ forwards. I don't have any rares other than the ones I've just named. So I could do with another one of them just to make sure that if the forwards I've, I've got aren't playing, aren't in form or whatever, I've got a rare option to maybe get the team going still. And, uh, oh, Celtic, I've got an hour goal. It's 3-1. Abada scored, oh, when Moon has a badder, who got the assist? Oh, drama. Got 
Light yeah, drama. drama. I might be second now. Who got the assist? Oh my god, who got the assist? I need to see the replay. Especially, I'm <laughs> crapping my pants. Oh, is... A bad scored. It's three one to Celtic now in the seventieth minute. So nice bit of build up play. Who's that? Is that McGregor? Oh, he might be offside. By the way, he is offside. I don't know if there's VAR. <gasps> that might be McGregor. They got there. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, I need to see that again. I was. Kind of... This is as exciting as oh, the no world assist. Coming, There'll be no assist on that. He might no, be offside, and maybe the because so the ball gets played by McGregor, and then a Levy player like touches it, and oh, they yeah. can't control it well. He goes to like yeah. shoulder it up or something, and then a badder picks his pocket, gets one on one with the goalkeeper, and slots it away. Yeah, no assist then. No assist, and I don't know if that knocks me a second because he's now got a yeah right. So he is now ten points clear of me. Ooh. Oh. It's going to be so, so tight, man. What, where's your differential then? What do you need to happen now to, to leapfrog? Right, so he has... You need a McGregor decisive, basically, don't you? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. He's he's 10 points ahead of me. We don't have any of the same players, except for the goalkeeper, as I mentioned. He had James Sands playing, super rare midfielder that plays for Rangers in defence now. He scored 46 points last night, so... Um, that's kind of holding him back a little bit. But what's holding me back a little bit is the rare heart. But yeah, McGregor um, is my equivalent to his Abada. I would, or Jota. He's got Captain Jota that's been benched now. Jota's off for Haksabanovic. Mm. And yeah, basically Abada's on 100 and that's what's killing me because, yeah, I need, between Greg Taylor and Kyogo, I need them to catch up this 10 points I'm behind. A nice little... Oh, the goal's been chopped. No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that because it's Celtic. Yeah, I mean, how, how mad is that? Like, I should not laugh at that at all. Goals be chopped off. The drama off. of uh, the so rare game week unfolding live before your ears and eyes. Back people. to top. <laughs> Everyone to listening top. and seeing this right now can relate. I'm sure. Back Please to like, the end. See you later, Winman. He was on three forty-one. I'm going to refresh the page. <laughs> Get it up, you. He's now on three twenty-five, so he's lost sixteen points. Oh, it's, that's a it's horrendous. That. Oh, it's beautiful good for, for you. me. Yeah, good for you. And do you know the on, funny thing is to see for the first goal, uh, a badder set up Kyogo, so we both got a striker with a decisive. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I was, when I seen it was a badder, I got the assist. I was like, damn it! And then I realised yeah. in my limited team, and that's a nice segue actually onto something else. But in my limited team, it's the it's the last dance stitch for. This All-Star Limited team is all five of my champion edition Celtic Limiteds. So I've got Joe Hart, Ralston, Rio Hitati, Abada and Kyogo. So I actually didn't realise until later that, oh, I've actually got both of them in a team together. So that's actually, it's got a nice wee kind of AOK element to it. Mm. Um, so I've got a few things kind of on the go. So that Abada thing is mainly good for me, but it's not, it could have been, you know, it's one of those ones. But um but yeah, and the reason I called that the last dance dish, I kind of gave you the heads up and a few people yeah. watching this might have caught the member stuff and won't know this, but I have sold all of my limiteds except for four cards. The four cards I kept, I'll let you know that first of all. We've probably got a bunch of questions and stuff, but uh, to the listeners, I'm saying, like, what did you do that for? And who bought them? And how much did you get? And whatever. But I kept the best reward I ever got. And it was the best reward I ever got for a lot of reasons. And anyone that listens to me will know why instantly. And that was Talos Magno. So I won him. First owner card. Have to keep that. Had to keep my reward Tony Watt limited as well. Could not, could not part with that. Tony. No, exactly. It's a reward. I won it. You know, I was meant to have it. I've got it still in there. I've kept a real Hitati champion edition card. So he will live to fight another day after this game week. 
and I kept my limited Philip Kostic because he has won me three different scarcities of cards. That guy has won me a super rare bunch of limiteds and then a couple of national series cards if we count them. Um, <laughs> so um, I kept the four of them and the, the rest of them I've had the heave-ho. They've been out, Stishy boy. I sold the total the total bash. Two seconds, I'll... So, like, over the time I've had limiteds, I've went into the market, like, three times to really supplement my squad and build out. And I mean, like, I've went into the market and spent, like, half an ETH, etc., whatever. So, and the whole time I was running with limiteds, I had this, I've been saying it since the day they launched. I actually went back and listened to my first three videos about limiteds when they were first introduced. And it's been the same kind of thing I've said the, the entire time. is like, you can only expect their values to go down. And... For the most part, that's not overly been the case, depending on, you know, what cards you're talking about and when you yeah. pick them up. The market does more kind of yo-yo and move, of course, with utility. And Sorare have been really um, well controlled. It's probably the only word I can think of in terms of their auction cycles, you know, because there's been so many cards available that you can't actually auction all of them a thousand yeah. times or 500 times and, and reward them all. So um, the actual um, issuance on the cards, there's not many. I don't think they're even getting to issue number 600, you know. Um, maybe there is, I don't know. But I don't think there's that many getting up into the really high end uh, on the limiteds in terms of how many cards are getting pumped out. So over the time, like, I think I'm managing a... So I've had my limiteds for just over a year, like 12, 14 months or something. So I've been buying them since they came out. And I think in terms of ETH, in terms of the ETH I spent to get cards, I've also won some stuff and traded around a wee bit and whatever. And then what I managed to sell them all for to Pavel, which was 1.75 Ethereum. Uh, SRD value was like 2.2 or so. So you can do the maths on that. It's like an 80% haircut or so, or 20% haircut, I beg your pardon. Um, uh, so I, I kind of feel good. I can kind of reset. I can do the FC Barcelona Limiteds, you know, the right way, properly identifying some guys that are really under, because now the market feels, I'm not going to use the M word, um, which is matured. I'm not going to use that word, right? But it has, like, evolved a little bit because when Limiteds first came out, like, every day is the Wild West. Like, guys were just going up like mad and dropping like fuck. And, you know, like, yeah. everyone could be any price on any given day. Some bad news came out and then some guys... Like the bottom of the market could just go down a digit, you know, kind of thing, or ETH dropped or ETH jumps or, you know. But now it feels like Limiteds is very much, is, you know, it kind of knows its parameters in terms of a market and it's very heavily tied into pound notes, into euros, into dollars. So as I kind of, as like a subset of the market, I just kind of look at it now and think, I've been doing this for about a year. SO5 wise, I've done kind of A-OK. -okay. I've had fun, which is what I wanted. And right now, I could do a great thing because on the main on the channel, I'll be doing a lot of content around this, like squad builder stuff and all the rest of it. Um, with the view of obviously building a wee team for Capped Limited and really exploring that from like the small gallery perspective with Limited, you know, like actually how difficult is it to get a team together and any of the moves we need to make. Like we've done on the podcast dish all yeah. year with the specialist and the underdog, you know. Yeah. Just kind of, but really living it this time because you know and I know like, Sometimes when you mess about with the specialist and the limited team, you've got like a hundred limited cards. It's not the same challenge for you as it is for somebody that's got 10, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. On a lot of levels, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I hear you. I've, I've kind of contemplated like looking at my limiteds in a similar, is that like, I don't think they've yielded like comparatively to how I've gotten in the res. And I think it's 
I'm not exactly sure if it's just because the competition is a lot fit, more fierce. You know, if I look at the best sort of game weeks I've had in limited, I've hit big, massive scores and I've still finished like 150th or something like that. And uh, there was a there was a so rare data app update this week, wasn't there? And I was actually looking yes. at my best of game weeks. If you go into like your gallery um, and have a look, and I think it was like the best your best game weeks. Um, and if I look, there was a there was one that was limited. Let me have a look at it. So my second best score on the platform um, was in All Star Limited game week two nine eight on four hundred and forty nine point eight two points nice and i finished 85th that week <laughs> wow 85th on nearly 450 points um wow. so yeah i kind of get like you know limited's tough obviously that's all star which is tougher as well yep. but um i think like for me the 240 cap i would i'd, I'd want to be competing in that every weekend and hoping i pick up some cards but i don't really have the cards that i need to winning challenge europe or winning champion europe or winning under 23 uh, so i don't have a great deal of success in limited because you need to have those big cards because so many people have them you don't have that problem as much in rare or super rare or obviously unique you're only competing against a handful of people who might have that lineup that you want to avoid in yep. limited 50 60 100 people can have it so um yeah it's tough definitely definitely tough so I'm kind of looking forward to it. And with, with the money I, I've kind of raised, obviously I don't need all of that to go and buy limiteds again, you know, because I'm just kind of going to start like new and like, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So like, it's like oh, I've spoken about so many things. I've got some gaps to film, you know, so I'm very much myself like, um, oh, we've got a sub for Celtic. Jack Amakis is on. That probably means it's the end of Kyogo's night. I hope a bad yeah. goes off as well then, because that means he's got a striker on the pitch. Oh, O'Reilly's going off. Oh, oh. is a bad uh, going to get 90? Moy comes on for O'Reilly. Five subs are on. Abada's getting 90. Keo goes off. Oh. By the way, this is going to get squeaky. This is going to be squeaky, squeaky bum time, by the way. Let me just check the standings, this boy. So I'm four <laughs> points ahead of him. I've still got on the pitch Taylor and McGregor and Hart. He's still got on the pitch Hart, Carter Vickers and Abada. So Abada's six points ahead of McGregor. And Taylor is like 16 points. No, no, he's way more ahead of that. He's, I, Taylor is smoking Carter Vickers. That's my main thing right now. <laughs> but if Abada does something, I need McGregor to be involved as well or catch up or something. Yep. Yep. Oh, good luck. How many minutes left? Uh, we're in the 82nd minute now. Oh, you've only got... So in the next sort of like 10, 15 minutes, we'll know how you should... So long as there's not any adjustments by Opta. Oh, I don't even suggest any adjustments. Oh, I imagine I woke up to something mad. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. It's happened to me before. Oh, yeah, that's really like terrible. Getting down a couple of spaces. The worst is when you like, you finish in the tier zeros and you're like sick. You go to bed and you wake up in like the bottom end of the tier one. It's like, what happened? Aye. <laughs> what happened? Like, oh, that so always happens to me when it's like there's uh, K-League stuff or something like that or J-League, you know, in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, maybe a yeah. Sunday or something sometimes or whatever. If you're an all-star, yeah. For sure. And I'm looking forward to all that stuff coming back. You know, I think at the moment we're talking about how quickly Christmas has happened, Stish, you know, but I'll be rebuilding a whole like gallery, which will be fun. But, you know, you know what to say, I mean, having fun time flies, you know. So I think before you know it, we'll be looking at like, oh, wow, next week it's the capped mode. It's starting. You know, I think it will, 
when we get all this domestic football sort of trickle back in, the time will run away from us again. It will. It will. The Christmas period always flies and then you've got New Year. Before you know it, you're two weeks into January. So it will come around very quickly. Definitely. There's been quite a lot of movement in the uh, talking of Celtic as well. They've been linked to um, some of the hottest prospects in the K-League, haven't they? Um, which is really interesting to see because they, they've been... They've been uh, renowned for the business they've been doing in Japan, particularly over the last couple of seasons. So they're looking to Korea and Japan, actually, because they have signed a player from um, Kobe as well, haven't they? So yep. they're dipping straight back into uh, the market, heading over to Asia to do some good deals. Um, are you going to be doing any good deals for your Asia uh, contingent for FC Barcelona and over the festive season, Are you looking uh, at no? no, probably not. I've only got three Asia cards left. Uh, I've got Isaka, who's a midfielder, Jochima Fujita. I've got one of a hundred rookie, uh, which is cool. And I've got Tani, one of a hundred rookie as well. Even though it's not a rookie, 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 it's just the rookie. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. So you said you've got Isaka, who is tipped Kevin to Bounce. move to Ulsan. Yeah, Need huge move. Great move, I think. I think it'd be good there. I do know that they've changed some of the rules in the K League around usage of foreign players. So he he will fall into that. But I think that there's a slightly different rule around foreign players who are from Asia. So like yeah. Japanese, Thai players, that kind of thing that, that maybe find their way into um, the K League get a little bit more of a, of, of a bly than, than maybe like a European or an American sure. um, continent player. So I think Osaka is going to be great. I think Ulsan's a great team to go move to as well. And um, Isaka, I had his card a while back when he was um, with, was it Raisol? He yeah, was with Raisol. before he moved. And um, then he moved, was it to Urawa? Yeah. If I remember right. And when he moved to Urawa, I was expecting him to slot straight in. And I was always surprised of how little game time he got. But I think that moving to Ulsan given the sort of movers and shakers that have happened there already this summer or the, in their close season, not in the summer. But I see Asaka doing quite well out there. I think uh, he'll be a good signing for Olsen. And he's a good creative player. He's got a classic number 10. And Olsen are always in and about goals and in the box. And yeah, if I remember rightly, he's on set pieces as well. So could be a really good move for him. I've been looking at He's rare, potentially picking one up, but I just haven't been tempted enough by the price just yet. Um, that may or may not change. I don't really think I need too much in in Asia. I've got quite a lot of options there, so um, I'm not as tempted. But uh, but yeah, I'm like on the subject of Tani as well. Um, obviously, Tani on his way back to Gamba. What's your yep. thoughts on that situation there? Do you, are you expecting a bit of rotation this year or do you think that he just slots in as the number one now? Yeah, I think he's, um, I, I think if he, you know, I've chatted to some people and apparently it's not all, it's not done done um, mm. uh, for Tani, but I think it's it's getting there, you know. But, uh, you know, I've had that card for three years. This will be the fourth season I've had it. And I know the reports were coming out last year when it was like he's been on loan at Shonen for two years. What did they do? They can't put him on loan again, can they? Or, you know, whatever. And he was adamant. He's like, I am not sitting on a bench, you know, um, kind of thing. So I, I, I don't see that his position changing. You know, he's a Japan, 
Uh, you know, the Olympic team got to the semi-finals. He was the goalkeeper. He's fourth choice for the national team at the moment on the manager, the current manager's reckoning. And, you know, by all accounts, there was a lot of Bundesliga two teams interested in him last summer, which was a nightmare for me last year. But this year, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, go to Bundesliga Take two all you want, pal. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of matches, good utility. Um, so, yeah, either way, I don't think, I don't think Tani... Tani does not take the bench. He's not benching. I hope not. I've got a Tani as well, and I'm fingers crossed for him to be one of my main mainstays in that U23 goalkeeper position. I lose a, a few come June, July. Um, trying to figure out, you know, like I've, I've got a Murich, and this was one of those sort of dilemmas that we discussed when they first expanded into Division Two of Europe. Obviously, Murich fits into that category in the championship, but he's playing at the team that is currently top of the championship and looking like they're knocking on the door of promotion to the Premier League, where they will probably go and struggle unless major investment comes in at Burnley. So we find ourselves in a double dilemma with Murich as holders that he's aging out and he's also going to move up into a division where he's not likely to hit many clean sheets, right? He will see a lot of shots, but how many clean sheets are he going to keep? So this is an unusual dilemma for me. I've been there before with players aging out and I've watched the dip. And normally, like, if you want to sell, you want to have done it like now or like last month, really. Yeah. You're going to start to see those prices dip on all the under-23s that age out this summer now. Um, but particularly, Murich is a really interesting case because any, any U23 goalkeeper that's about to move up into champ from that D2 has the added pressure of being in a shit team in the champ division. So really in two minds about what to do with Murich. I've been looking at his price currently sitting around 1.2 ETH, I think um, floor floor price. And I think that's like a fair price for him, but I do have quite a few goalkeepers that are aging out this summer. I've got Murich. I've got Bilal Bayezit. I've got, Gaitan Cook, I've got um, who else have I got? I've got another. I've got another one. I know I have. I can't remember who, but I've got three or four U twenty three keepers leaving the U twenty three zone this summer, and I picked up uh, Yevon Diouf um, in during the World Cup, who looks a solid hold. I've obviously got Van der Voort, who is going to give me at least another good year at Genk. I think he goes in twenty twenty four to Leipzig, right? I remember right like that, yeah. So he's got another season in him at, at Genk, hopefully. Um, and yeah, other than oh, it's Safanov who ages ages out. Safanov also ages out. Yeah. But he's an interesting one because Safanov also a bad a BCM, hopefully. <laughs> oh what? <laughs> I hope so, mate. He's like 10 yards out. Oh, oh, Ooh, I don't know if that will be, but it could be. Oh. But uh, yeah, Safanov ages out. He also goes out of contract at Krasnodar this summer. So I'm expecting maybe a a move for him. The interesting thing with a lot of these Russian players, I don't know if you saw the news today around Zakarian and why he didn't move to Chelsea in the summer. Oh, I'm really interested to hear this. But the only thing I'd heard was like a month ago and it was a report that apparently the deal has kind of been done for a while and it's just been kind of like waiting to be signed off. So I'm actually... I've yeah. not heard what you've read. I saw like a Russian source on Twitter that had been um, translated today that basically said 
The reason he didn't move in the summer was because of all of the business around dealings with uh, Russian-owned businesses, blah, blah, blah. And that that was why it's not gone through and is not likely to go through anytime soon. So Zakaria may be stuck there, um, which but makes you think now about a lot of those Russian players that will either move to the better clubs in Russia or they wait till their contract runs down and then their agents get them a move to Europe where they don't cost anything. So yeah. they're not paying a Russian oligarch to like sign them. I suppose then it comes down to like, who are their agents or the agent's company? Who are they represented by? It's going to be really interesting. And I think Safanov will be one of the first big cases. Daviv also out of contract this year, I think. Nice. So two internationals for Russia. I would love Celtic to sign Safanov because we've done deals in Russia. You know, Haksabanovic and Abelgard and Starfelt. And when we started, yeah. it was before the war, I suppose. But uh, we've done deals with Krasnodar as well. We've bought two players from Krasnodar over the last 10 years. Uh, Ibui Kawase and I forget the other one. So be interesting I'd, to see if oh, I'd love us to get Safanov, man. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they're listening to offers for him for January because this is their chance to get some money for him. Um, he's not signed a new contract. There's no news anywhere of him doing so. There's been interest from Zenit to sign him. But if he wants to move, this is his chance, isn't it, really? If he wants to yep. leave Russia and play in, in a, in, and play European football, because they're not likely to be allowed to do that again anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, be really interesting to see what happens to him. I think he will kind of like set the tone for a lot of the internationals on the Russian um, team. Because there's a lot of good young talent there that would walk into a lot of good sides in most sort of like champ Euro, um, challenge Euro sides. Um, Tons of them. has been, you know, a great shot stop. I think he's proven himself. He's an international. And yeah, like I said, I think he's there. There's talk of Daviv potentially moving to Zenit as well at the moment. So yeah, like a couple of players on my, kind of on my radar because I own them. But going to be interesting to see what happens with a lot of these Russians. Um, For sure. Because I don't see any other teams going over there. I don't I don't hear of any other players leaving, like uh, Kravadona when he left, he got his contract annulled or something, like, yeah. and, like, like I think he kind of fled kind of thing, you know, because you, you remember he got photographed when he turned up for Georgia duty and he had like five suitcases with him. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, he's not going back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was obvious um, something was going on there, yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, and I say the boys Celtic have signed, outside of that, I think maybe one guy has maybe went to Turkey or something, maybe two guys have went to Turkey. I don't see many teams coming in, and some of the talents, Zakaria and Safanov especially, like, yeah. you know, like I've I seen, I seen today, Ajax are linked to Livakovic. You know, yep. Safanov would roll into really any team like Ajax, you oh, know, yeah. um, if they were going to spend the money on him, you know, because it won't be cheap. You know, you do expect... Right. I expected a uh, Newcastle type, you know, and obviously not Newcastle, so good Pope, but I would expect a team like them to go and spend like 25, 30 mil on a guy like him. Maybe mm. the Russians think that as well, and that's why they don't mind holding him. Yeah. I think this is the thing is at the moment, most of the players that have left Russia for other teams are actually like not Russian. They are players who played in Russia. True. We haven't seen too many Russians leave Russia just yet. And I think they will be the ones that will have to wait and see what happens to their contracts because... You know, a lot of the other players were allowed to leave. You know, their contracts were like mutually agreed to be terminated so they could yeah. leave if they wanted to. But the Russians haven't had that luxury. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when a few of the big players do lose, like do run out of their contracts this summer. 
if they stay in Russia or if they do. Because if they do, it will set a precedent for other Russian players to do the same if they want to. But, you know, they're under a different pressure over there. You know, what the politics are like and stuff as well. And of course. Poli- politics and are, are involved in... And they may be joining the AFC. They may be going to play some Asian Champions League. I see that, yeah. That'd be interesting. How powerful would Zenit be in AFC oh. playing against teams in Singapore and... <laughs> Bangladesh and and yeah. <laughs> Indian Premier League. Like, yeah, it's... It'd be crazy. There'd be some insane scores in, in those games. I mean, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen too much else in the news about that since I first saw it sort of touted, but... I read a kind of interesting article kind of looking at it and just saying that like UEFA and FIFA need to get their act together or something and sort it out because like, I, I, I can't remember what the guy's real point was in that sense about how they need to deal with it because it is, um, it is you know, like if, they, if they go there, Russia, like, you know, if you're talking about like cutting them off, anyway, it's not us to go into this in this podcast, right? But if you are talking about, you know, like not dealing with them, yada, yada, do you then just allow them to go to Asia? Yeah, yeah. Ones, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the AFC, but you take them, eh? This will be the second biggest division, probably the biggest that you'd have commercially. In terms of like outside of football politics wise, they do have allies in Asian continent. But how much power do those continents hold over like the Asian football confederations? Like you know, they're they're, they're equivalent of UEFA. I don't know, like who holds the cards for- there. I think, uh, did you watch that Netflix documentary, the FIFA one? I've not got, I started it, but I, I, I got about 10, 15 minutes in before the kids started screaming. I need to... It's decent. It's not like, oh my God, you need to watch it. It's not like making a murderer or, you know, anything like that. It's, um, you know, it's just, it's decent, you know, it's worth watching. Yeah. Um, but I think when you get, the, the the thing that I really took away from that, it kind of was the reason um, that went off in my mind just now when we're talking is that I think see, when you get to that confederate level, like it is just money. It's just like, do you have TV mm. rights? How much are they worth? Okay, cool. That's fine. We'll sell it to you or we'll make a new competition and then we'll sell you the TV rights for that. Or, you know, that's for the kind of, the, the, the dance seems to be at that level is, uh, is TV money and revenue and stuff, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see how like the mock, I think the January window is going to be crazy. It'd be really interesting to see who of the sort of like world cup big performers is anyone going to go in for Enzo Fernandez? Like those kind of, there'll be moves for players like that. Jude Bellingham, all those kind of big, the players who really turn up at the World Cup. It's going to be interesting to see who turns up for them. And Quinny, have you have you fin? Has, has the game finished now? Top. You finished top. Yes, four point three points clear. So failing any madness, Hopefully four points is an okay buffer. I think. Um, I'd like a wee bit more, of course, but yeah. Home and host, I feel like. So they're saying there's eight cards left. And then if I flick on unfinished lineups. Oh, somebody's got. Oh my God. A guy actually has. Zlatan Ur actually has. Oh, he's got Chesney. Chesney's not playing, is he? Oh, he's got a DNP goalkeeper. That's fine. Jesus, I okay. shat my pants. So I was like, a guy has a full China team here. <laughs> guy playing for Beijing Guan. Guy playing for Changchun. And a guy playing for Taijan. Oh my, this guy's got a full. He's just stack, but now he's nowhere near. Um, oh, class! I'm buzzing. I've won. I've, uh, I've won. Super rare, all star. Finally, my dreams have come true. Live on end product, tier two super rare. <laughs> it's a shame you can't open it now. We could have done that live as well. That'd be amazing. But um, I that would be hey, amazing. Congrats. I don't think I, I've got. I've actually managed to claw in with a few other cards. Um, I've had a three man team 
finish eighth and get me a tier three rare and under 23 rare. Wow. I know I said the word rare there quite a lot, but <laughs> 151 points, three man team, no goals, no decisives. 11 points off a tier two. Ouch. I had two cards that I could have used this week, so I didn't even bother. I just put everyone in training this week. I didn't even enter in every single I think the two cards, I would do the same as well. Yeah, I noticed I mean, the guy was, that's winning unique. He only had a card. One. Really? I mean, I had I had one rare and one limited, so I couldn't even use them in one no. lineup. If they were both the same scarcity, I might have used put a two-man team into like an underdog or even just like an all-star just on the off chance they both hit a 100 or something. But one of them was Juranovic as well, and I thought, he ain't going to play. So it was just like Giacomakis and Giacomakis rare, Juranovic limited. I'm like, they can just go train. It's just not happening, is it? It's not happening at all, yeah. And I've also but, finished yeah. 25th in all-star rare, and I'll be getting a tier three rare for that and a wee bit of e-film. I didn't even get 250 points, 230. That's with a DNP goalkeeper. Yeah, I was, uh, I was saying to, I think I, I tweeted at McBride in the week when I said all the Celtic card holders were kicking off the other week that the game wasn't covered. And I was like, don't worry, you we'll all be cleaning up next week anyway. Well, so, well hold we on go. a minute, Stishy. Cleaning up. So the glass guy, right? So see that game week I couldn't play my team? Right. It was a star superior for first. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Yeah. Today right. is a tier two. So like. <laughs> Maybe star superior won. I'd never normally do this. But I went and seen what he won because I was obviously like a bit gutted that I didn't win it and I didn't have a team for it. Um, for anyone that doesn't know why, Celtic kicked off at half 12 and the World Cup third place playoff kicked off at three or something. So yeah, they wanted the deadline to be right before the World Cup place, which was a nightmare. But the guy won, uh, you know, the Czech Republic wonder kid that plays for Leverkusen? Like Hozik Ho- or something? Hozik. Hozik or Hozik. Or... He's great, yeah. yeah. He won him. Oh. Which for a star, I think it's a bit naff, right? It is but a naff star, but it's still a very good it's card. It's still a quality super rare to have. <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, I won I won U23 rare pro or or rare um, ages ago. I might actually be able to just look at this. Yeah, so under 23 super, no, not super rare, U23 D4. So it wasn't um, pro, but I won that in... Uh, a week, a week where there wasn't many fixtures, but I managed to get a good team out, and I won. I won Jesper Carlson as my as my star rare for finishing first, and I was pretty disappointed with that. And I think my ETH winnings that week were really small because there wasn't so many games. I think I only won like point zero eight ETH for coming first or something like that, <laughs> something silly, which isn't far off like a, a like winning a, a threshold these days. Yeah, like half, half a big threshold or double a big threshold. Sorry. Aye. Yeah. Well, I'm just but, looking at the tier two pool, Stishy Boy. Do you want to hear what I could win? Go on. What's at, the, what's at the top of it first? The very top card is a guy called Sergi Dardar that plays for Espanyol that I do not want to win. He is okay. the top guy on the list. And he's, I haven't even looked at his scores actually. I just know who he is. Right. Um, let me look at his scores, right? He's number one. Now, see when I hear like Chani and anyone else that does like reward opening videos, I'm just saying Chani because he's the first one that comes to my mind here. Um, talk about like, oh, I could have won this guy and he was top of the pool and this guy was 15th in the pool. I'm not too sure their actual spot on this list like is like totally like what they term as number one. I think it's like kind of banded and it's a wee bit just yeah, randomly yeah. assorted, you know, like... Um, I think they, I think in their system, this is just pure headcanon for me. 
But I think in their system, they'll have tier 2.1, tier 2.2, tier 2.3. And then like the prize pool is kind of in those segments almost, if you get me. Yeah. And then it's just a wee bit of mix and match of, you know, that's all the tier 2.1s, you know, and they're not really in any order, except for like the, clearly the Mbappes and the Messies and stuff when you get up to the top end of it. But outside of that. So anyway, I don't read as much into that, but he's just like top in the two seconds. Let's check his crappy scores. Sergi. Dar, Dar. Um, yeah, he's print Dar, Dar. That's, that's what his name is. I'm sorry. I think it's just Dar, Dar. It's just Dar, Dar. Uh, it's actually, wow, his scores are actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was always going to happen. Oh, slight him, slight him. Oh, oh. actually, the moon winning. That his one. L15 is 58. And like. The super air like that is, is, is great. Aye. Like, he's got, a, like, a lot of 70s and 80s. Like, okay. a lot. He doesn't have really many below a 45 either. Dada. D-A-R. Yeah. D-E-R. Oh, yeah, I get him. Dada Espanol. I've looked on the... Yeah, I've seen this guy. He's come up in my searches before. Yeah, I didn't realise he was putting up these scores, though. Yeah, that's decent, eh? Yeah. I mean, and, and if you look at the last sale, 187... That's... Must have set pieces there eh, because he's got some assists. Mm. And that's what's really boosting him. So he must have set pieces. That's not bad. I, I, I managed. I managed to win a, a Josselu the other week. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Quite a useful card, I think. I'm hoping yeah. it will be for like you know. I think a decent scoring forward you take right. Forwards yeah, go in and out of form. A lot of my forwards have just been in dead form for a few few months now. So anyone who's got a goal in them, I'm just happy to win at the minute. Really hoping that Chiesa comes back firing because I've got his forward card and, you know, coming back from a big injury, got that assist just before the break for the World Cup. I'm, I'm hearing he's got another injury now, though, which is really annoying. Oh, yeah. But, um, he's he's uh, apparently got like a thigh injury, which is going to keep him out till the new year. So he's going to miss like the sort of a couple of fixtures through the festive season or period. But um, yeah, I'm just hoping he comes back firing. I really need. I really need my forwards. Since losing like Jesus Ferreira with the MLS finishing, I don't have any of those forwards that I can superly and Sassinia. I don't have anyone that I can rely on to just bang for me like a fifty-five plus without without a goal. Um, but yeah, I'm. I hate buying forwards because the good ones are so expensive and they can just you know the form can dip unless you've got like a Tadic or someone like that who's on set pieces and is a bit more like a, a a Rooney type, you know, like a number 10, not like a, a number nine. Those number 10 forwards are just so expensive and winning them is like a godsend. But yeah, fingers crossed, a few good moves and you never know. I've got a little wonder kid just comes out of nowhere that happens to be in your gallery with a red cross or something. But yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we're approaching the sort of end of, the podcast this week and Quinny and I were talking and we've got a little segment to close out with which I think will be a really nice way we've gone into some of the comments from last week's podcast uh, Quinny did you want to scour through some of your top comments if you are listening to this on um, Spotify YouTube. or anywhere you're listening to from a podcast perspective these comments are coming from YouTube we do also post up the the video version of the podcast. It should sound exactly the same. So you have to deal with looking at me and Quinny for an hour. <laughs> unfortunately. So uh, 
Quinny's going to go into the comments on our YouTube video from last week to see, pick out a few comments. We'll have a quick discussion on those before we close out for the week. Yeah. So anything from today, guys, drop it in the comment section and we'll pick up with it next week and we'll make that our kind of wee outro piece, as it were, you know. But the, yeah. the first one that kind of caught my eye, Stish, we were speaking about this, we were going to do this before we came on, but it was him, I, and I'm after the gossip on this one. He's saying, give me foremost Mendy over anyone, Stish knows. Yep, I had him in my watch list for ages. I don't, I don't, he's one of them ones. I'm not sure why he was in my watch list. He might have just been someone I'd read like a scout report about before he had a card, just went onto his page, followed him. There's definitely a lot in my sort of followers list, following list like that. Um, anyone that's not got a card, I'll follow him and just hope that like, they pop up. And he did. And he'd been, you know, since he'd been playing in D2 in France and he popped up and, his scores out of this world. I think like his L5 is before the World Cup where he went and didn't play a minute. His L5 was like 92 <laughs> or something ridiculous. Um, I'm going to have a look, quick look at it now. Let's get into his stats while I'm, I've got so red data up. Foremost Mendy. Um, and I got his number one. So I bought it as soon as it came out. I was like, I am not losing this um, auction. And I won his first ever rare at auction. Um, let's have a look. And, and to this day, it's still the cheapest one that's sold. I got him for 0.3 ETH, 3.11. And his recent sales are like over 6. 0. 0.72, 0. 0.67, 0. 0.65, 0. 0.711. And then today, 0. 0.746. So pe- I think people have cottoned on to, yeah, his L5 is 98. His L15 is 69. His L40 is 62. Um He's a proper cheat code. Like he does not. He's hit one yellow score. Um, in and that was when was that? He hit one yellow score back. Oh, he hit a red score when they lost six nil. Um, they lost six nil. He hit a red score in March of last year, of this year. Um, and the only other score below forty five. This guy's graph is delicious. Like, if you it's don't cool. go and look at this, you're it's doing your eyes a disservice. Foremost, Mendy, go and check him out. He is too many DNGs, but <laughs> if you got a, if you and and he's got a U twenty three utility till twenty twenty five. If he keeps this up, he's going to be like the most expensive <sighs> card on the platform. If if he can, if they, if no one picks him up, he is. Um, he is an international, but he isn't, you know, he's a Senegalese. He was at the World Cup, but he didn't play any minutes. So, um, yeah, he's still pretty under the radar in terms of, like, the global football s- sphere. But he won't be under the radar on so rare for much longer if he carries on like this. You know, he's all-around scores of 45, 33. You know, he, he, he's, got, he's, got, he's got negative decisive actions and still hitting a 48, um, you know, Yes. Yes. That's like quality. Yeah, I mean, it's a, there's a, an all around of 67 in one of these games. There, he banged 100 without a decisive. Like, Oofed. yeah, I love oh, yeah. it. I love, I love an all round scorer. So, yeah, and um, foremost, Mendy. Obviously, he's not a, um, he's not going to be a secret on this podcast anymore. We'll, we'll keep you informed once he's back in the game. He's got a game this weekend, and I'm very excited to be putting him back in my lineups. And the next one we've got comes from Rico Man. My issue with the whole Ronaldo versus Messi is that last year no one was talking about Messi having a horrible season when he only had six goals in League 1, but Ronaldo got 18 in the Prem. 
Also, if Ronaldo was complaining about refs and calling opponents stupid in post-match interviews, he would be crucified. I see how good both are, and I just find Ronaldo's multi-league achievements more impressive. Rico, man, solid point, I think. It's a really solid point, and I think that the only thing I will say is what's happened in the week since that comment was posted. (laughs) And this comes from Ronaldo's biggest fan. I love Ronaldo. I'm obsessed with him. I'm a massive Man United fan. even, Even the way he's left the club, I still kind of have a soft spot for him. It's like, it's just sad to see it end the way it has. Um, and, you know, he had it rough at the World Cup, didn't he? Um, and I think Messi was incredible at the World Cup. He was amazing. And to see him lift the World Cup at the end of it was actually poetic. It was such a moment. What a game as well, by the way. We haven't even spoke about how good the World Cup final was. I know. How it good was. is that game of football? <laughs> I, I've, I've been saying to anyone, that, you know, when you bump into people and they're like, oh, did you see the game? No, I'm talking about the World Cup final. I've, my kind of staple response is like, I genuinely think it's the best game of football I've ever watched. Like, yeah. probably, you know, like, I think it's the best game ever, you know, like, so yeah, yeah wild final. Actually, yeah, we never spoke. We, we spoke about the Global Cup. That was the main attraction, you know, who cares? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all about those <laughs> custom series cards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But it was what what a final. Um, and yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's the best game I've ever watched. And the funniest thing is, it didn't really come alive until France got that goal back. I think Argentina were incredible in the first half. France had nothing for them. Yep, Deschamps made some great changes. Um, Cola was brilliant. See, when he done it, I was like, "What's he doing? What's yeah. he doing? I couldn't believe it." But you know, fair play to him. You know, he, he done the right thing. Mbappe, wow! I mean, <laughs> what a player! What yeah. a player to bang in a hat trick and then finish your penalty in the in the in the in the first penalty in the penalty shootout as well. That's, that's like, and I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd need to look back, but I'm pretty sure he put all of his penalties in exactly the same place. Uh-huh. Didn't he? Put, he had three penalties, didn't he? So he bottom left the from the striker. Bottom left, yeah, like sort of middle bottom left. But he hit him hard enough that Martinez just couldn't get to him quick enough. Uh, he was just so good. The finish for the second goal, unreal. What a goal. I mean, but Argentina's second goal was incredible as well. It was just such a good game. Um, and the Messi-Ronaldo thing, I get it. I like It's hard. They're different players. It's like we were saying to Chani last week, isn't it? It's hard to compare them now. Yeah. They're not the same player. And they never really were. It's just like they're comparable by their achievements. Barca v Real, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Oh man, but you know, just got to be happy that we live to see them both in their prime. Yeah, right. Right. good players. That's the thing I think about as well when we're having these chats about Ronaldo and Messi and whatever. Is like I can remember like there was real hype around people I knew that are still football fans and whatever. But it was like literally back when Pep was at Barca and they were like, you had Alexis Sanchez there for a time and then you had you know Neymar come in and you know they had a, a great team for ages. Like people would like make sure to watch La Liga to see Ronaldo score a hat trick. Mm. Oh, Messi scored two yesterday, so yeah. you know Ronaldo's going to try and score three tonight. So let's put Real Madrid on against Espanyol and see how many goals he scores. That doesn't really happen anymore, you know. But they were so like when they were at it against each other head to head, it was like it was the biggest. It was the spe- biggest spectacle in football. Like the Premier League was really challenged at that point by La Liga yeah, yeah. because like. They just drew the world to everyone. Was like, Ronaldo scored two on Friday, so how many is Messi going to try and get on Sunday? You know, and absolutely, you know that part of it I think is overlooked a lot as well now because they've moved on in their career so much. Ronaldo's long left Madrid, and 
you know, the battles, you know, especially since post Mourinho, post Pep, it's not had that extra gunpowder under it either. Yeah. Not that, not that it needs it, you know. Um, yeah. No, it was, it was perfect. It was such a great final. Seeing both of the players that were like, you know, like all eyes on Mbappe versus Messi. And it's like, you're getting sick of hearing there's, there's, there's more than two players on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. But then the game happened and all, the two players that everyone was talking about absolutely like delivered beyond, you know, you couldn't write it. You couldn't write it any better. The, the, the whole way the game played out was like Roy of the Rovers shit. It was like, it was like, it was like a storybook. It wasn't like, it was insane. What a game. Yeah. And but for me, that's what made it the best game I've seen. Because like, if you think about any great Champions League final, right, it's normal. And again, the ones in, in recent memory that most people will be able to call upon. It's like Real Madrid against Juventus or something like that. Or it's, mm. you know, Barcelona against Man United. You know, it's these types of games where it's like, yeah, there's some big players and whatever. And yeah, it might be a good match, but it'll be a bit more like this. And it's a bit more, whereas like, that's the first game where you're going into it saying it's Mbappe v Messi. And it bloody well was, you know, I've tried yeah. my best not to swear there. It really but, was. Um, and I, I, I can't think of how many games where you go into it pure hyped up thinking, oh, it's going to be how good are both these guys going to turn up in the crucial moment. And, it absolutely delivered on that front, you know, like no two ways about oh, it. Man, it was... I said it at the beginning of the World Cup as well, Stish, but if there's a, going to be a hero of a goalkeeper in this tournament, <laughs> it was going to be Emmy Martinez. And... I hate him. <laughs> you hate him? <laughs> I hate him. He's the most annoying person, but yeah, I mean, like, it, I, I just, I, I there's something about him I don't like, but I think I've tweeted it before. I was like, I want Messi to lift the World Cup final, but I do not want to see Emmy Martinez get near it. And then, you know, his behaviour in the final, in the in the penalty shootout, is exactly why why I don't like him. Don't it's know. like oh, he's just too he's too much. It's like he's the mind games, the throwing the ball away so Chuamani had to walk away and go pick it up and bring it back. It's like I just it's something just not right about the level of shithousery. It's like you have to cap it somewhere, but he just knows no bounds. Yeah, and he's not giving. He's not giving a hoot, is he? You know, like him picking up the the golden glove and shagging it on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, but that was brilliant. He's, like, he's like the nuttiest goalkeeper ever. Like at Man United when he saved the penalty, he was dancing like next, and I'm like, you still got to fucking play this game and win it now. Yeah. Or like at least not lose it. You're dancing in front of the fucking Stretford end. I, I just like I don't like this guy. I don't like goalkeepers that are a little bit too silly. And he's Fair one enough. of them. And like Aaron Ramsdale at Arsenal is another one who I'm just like, there's that guy's got a screw loose. There's something not quite right with him. And I know all goalkeepers are a bit mental, but I think Emmy Martinez is possibly the weirdest goalkeeper that we've seen for a long time. He's an absolute nutter. Um, Have you seen uh, the videos of him twerking in the, in the changing rooms at the end of the game? No, I've not seen that. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, it's fucking hilarious, mate. You got it's just like if you think shagging the golden glove was funny, wait until you see that one. Aye, I'll definitely check that out. See, one thing I, I'll ask you to, to finish out with this: Would you make of Aguero getting a medal and running around with the team after the game? Do you know what? Fair play. He he would he have been in the would he have been in the squad if he had been fit? Is is the one question I would ask because I'm not sure he gets in ahead of Alvarez in head ahead of the Dybala. Maybe ahead of Dybala, depending on what kind of season he had. But I think he was obviously an integral part of that squad beyond being on the pitch. There was, I don't know if you heard, but like apparently he was rooming with Messi the whole time. 
they were at the World Cup. So like he was there to like be Messi's pal and make sure that he was like having a good time still. So yeah, it it's always weird when they put the kit on, right? But yeah. I think Sergio Aguero, if anyone has like earned the right to be amongst it, you know, it's not like he was there ten years ago. He was literally there. Yeah, he probably he may well have been at in at the World Cup finals had he yeah. not have had his heart issues. So he played in qualification. It, well, the, oh, well, there you go. Like, what? But what more do you need? He, he's he's obviously still in and amongst it. He's an important. He's been an important, legendary player, character for Argentina. So fair play. But yeah, um, what about scratch that? May have been in Copa America. Let me check. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get in. Let's get our facts right. Hi. Uh, he, he, he was in the team last year in 2021. Yeah. He was in the Argentina team. Oh well, you know. So and then it was like you know he had this thing not long after that. Yeah. So what did you make of it? Were you, were you okay with it or? Um, I wasn't. So I, I knew that um, he was hanging about and everything like that. But I, I think officially he does hold a coaching position or something. You know, I think okay. they gave him a spot on the team and like if he's at training and stuff like that. And I know everyone. Uh, I think the main thing people are saying is like, oh, he's just been Messi's pal or whatever. But if he's been in the squad that long, he's had Premier League great. Undoubtedly, I would suggest, you know. Um, so if he's been involved in training and stuff like that, then his medal isn't the same medal as Messi's or the same medal as Julian Alvarez. It's the same medal as the coach, the fitness guy, the the, the kit guy, you know, the assistant manager. You know, they all look the same, of course, you know, but that's how he's yeah, how he's pulled it in in that sense, you know. And I do feel for him because, like, I've my heart's bled for so many footballers that have just missed out on stuff because of mm. an injury or... Um, and there's some really good examples that are escaping me at the moment, but like some really, you know, the, the really famous one from the 90s, of course, is Van Basten, you know, losing his career too early to a bad surgery and yeah. millions of stories like that. So for him, like, especially for how recently he had to retire, how wacky the thing that, you know, a mad heart condition that comes out of nowhere, you know, like, how do you explain that? You know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so I, I think, you know, for him, the career, the career he's had that, to miss this World Cup is absolutely heartbreaking. So for him to be involved in some manner, then I feel good for him. You know, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm never going to call Sergio Aguero a World Cup winner in conversation. No, no. You know, unless it's a pub quiz or something like that. Yeah. I feel good for him that he's got it and he at least feels that he didn't miss out because of something crap that happened to him. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. I think that's a fair. You've you summarised that pretty well. Definitely. I think the only person who shouldn't have been anywhere near the World Cup trophy was Salt Bay. I seen that today, man. Salt Bay touching the World Cup. What are you getting like grabbing up Messi and that one? It's like, mate, just get your Instagram face off of the pitch at the final of the World Cup. Like, how do you even get there? Like, who gave him that kind of access? He's a he's an influencer. He went viral on the internet. He's not a footballer. He's nothing to do with beyond the fact that most of these players have probably eaten in his restaurant at some stage in Dubai. That's about as but he's What's he doing there? Do you know what I mean? You may as well give me a pass and let me wander around. <laughs> oh, maybe next World Cup session that will be That's it, mate. Give me a little DJ gig in the England changing room after we win it. Yeah, I won't be there. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll have fun. I won't be there. I'm sure you'll have fun. But <laughs> <laughs> Magic. If you've had fun, guys, make sure to drop a comment. We'll catch it next week. Stashy boy, I'm on the podium. I've got some end product for the midweek. Wish me luck for the product. weekend. I tell you what, 
as as it looks, I'm in for some M product and basketball. So we'll talk about that next week if it comes in. Beautiful. Looking good. Right. Oh yeah, we do need to talk basketball because I've I've got some I've probably got my best week of basketball happening right now. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. I don't you can't call it until those games have all been played in basketball. Oh the I double games are yeah. Uh, first two one or two games, you're looking good. Game three rolls in for some players and you're like, oh, I've lost eight hundred positions in the league. So yeah, I'm not gonna get too excited yet, but hopefully this time next week we'll have some end products to talk about. Thank you.